Popular Technology Radio, your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends. Welcome to this hour of Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and our show is brought to you by Bridgestone. They're passionate about making tires you can count on to perform when it matters most. My first guest is Michael Shaboon. He's from the company Insta360. And if you've been to any big box store and seen some 360 cameras and just not been quite sure if the technology is there yet, if you're getting your money's worth, you really want to check out this company, Insta360, because they are one of the best in the business. So let's get to our conversation with Michael Shaboon and see what Insta360 is all about. I saw the company at CES. You guys, your your booth was nonstop so busy that we couldn't even do an interview while we were there. But here we are, Michael Shaboon, Senior Marketing Manager. Tell me about Insta360 and uh, why your booth was so ridiculously popular at CES this year. Yeah, well, th- thank you for that intro. Um, it, it definitely was nonstop. And, and I think a lot of the reasoning, there's there's kind of two areas um, that I want to focus on. And the first is, the technology is now at a point where uh, it's becoming more widely adopted by mainstream consumers. And, and by that, I mean, it's easy to use. The camera quality is on par with, you know, some of the traditional camera systems that are out there. Um, and it's the, the ease of use is something that we're really stressing. Uh, it's, it's important at, with any new technology or industry that um, the user experience uh, isn't going to frighten people. And what we've done as a company is we've enabled people to take our cameras, shoot, edit, and share in full 360 within a matter of minutes. So um, the days of having to sit there and manually stitch all of your footage together are behind us, thankfully. Um, and, and I think that that's what was intimidating a lot of users from picking up the product. You know, we, we all have a hard enough time as it is taking our traditional footage and editing it after we shoot, let alone, you know, adding another step of uh, stitching together footage that, you know, you captured. So what we did as a company is we, we created a live stitching algorithm that takes care of that whole thing for you. So as soon as you capture, uh, or even if you plug in your phone to do a live stream, uh, you're immediately going to see a completely seamless 360 video. And, and that's, that's been our bread and butter for the past couple of years. Don't go anywhere. We're going to continue our conversation with Michael Shaboon when we return, and we're going to go through their product lineup from introductory to professional use. This is Pop Tech Radio. On the track, even one hundredth of a second decides who wins and who loses. That's why Bridgestone uses advanced racing technology to create their fastest street-legal replacement tire yet. The new Bridgestone Potenza RE71R. Engineered with an innovative hydroevacuation surface and unique tread compounds, the new Potenza RE71R is designed to give you maximum grip and ultimate cornering on or off the track. Bridgestone is changing the game in tire performance. Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and we're talking with Michael Shaboon from Insta360. Let's return to our conversation where we were just about to go through all the different products that they make for every type of use case. Lucky for us, you guys make products for Apple and Android, 
And you've got a couple of different products now. You've got like real entry level all the way up to pro models. Do you want to go through some of the different models and, and their um, benefits? Sure. Yeah. So uh, on the consumer side, uh, our big two products right now uh, are the One and the Nano S. Um, and let me first start by saying that all of our products across the board are fundamentally the same type of user experience. So you can pick up our Nano S, which is our smallest camera that attaches directly to your iPhone, or you can pick up our Pro camera, which is you know slightly larger ball shape and shoots in 8K, and wow. be able to seamlessly use it just as if you would the smaller camera. So um, there, there's no complex learning curve when it comes to interchanging between our various products. And, and I think that's something that uh, we're A, very proud of, and B, pushing others in the industry to adopt that same type of workflow. Uh, so the Nano S is the newest consumer camera that we have. We announced it back at CES, and um, we're basically positioning it as the uh, ultimate social uh, camera. And um, although it can be used standalone, the, the fundamental use for it would be to attach it to your iPhone and uh, use it as a, as a companion. Oh, so, interesting. Um, so you can use it You can use it on its own because most of the images that I've seen, uh, it looks like you turn your phone upside down so that this thing can plug into the charge port of the phone and kind of sit on top of it, but you can actually use it on its own. Yeah, so it's got, it's got a button on the back um, and you can program it. So, you know, uh, just like with our other cameras, you know, single tap being take a photo, double tap being to record a video, uh, and triple tap, you know, you can program to be uh, interval shooting or time lapse or, or some other really cool thing. Oh, cool. Um, but if you want the uh, the live view and if you want to tap into, if you want to get stabilized footage, then you attach it to the phone and it utilizes the phone's gyro in order to get the maximum stabilized footage. Um, and, and we're really positioning the Nano S as the, you know, entry level um, people who want, who, who think 360 is cool, don't know if they want to spend a bunch of money to get, you know, a more advanced system, but want to try it out and, and have some fun with it, whether it's just casual use, traveling, uh, or, you know, going out, hanging out with friends, going to music festivals, things like that. Um, and it's been, it's been pretty popular because uh, we've uh, included some really unique features in that camera. The first two being the ability to have multi-view. Uh, multi-view basically puts a camera crew in your whole pocket and it allows you to have multiple angles at the same time, uh, all from the same footage. So, you know, the days of having an A cam and a B cam and a C cam operator, you know, could be coming to a close where all you'll need is one camera and then you'll be able to edit out uh, some, some unique footage from that. And then you can, you can also live stream directly in multi-view. Uh, the other really cool feature is uh, the ability to do 360 live calling. So, um, you know, for listeners at home, everybody out there uses FaceTime. Most people use FaceTime or some sort of video chat. Uh, what we've done is we've taken it to the next level and we've enabled a full 360. So you basically send somebody a link uh, through any messaging app that's linked to your phone. They open the link in their web browser and they get a full 360 feed of whatever you're seeing, uh, whether it's a traditional 360 or a multi-view. Uh, and on top of that, uh, say you're a skateboarder and you're bombing down a hill and you don't really have the ability to swipe to curate the experience for the person on the other end. Uh, you can push one button and give them total control 
of your 360 camera remotely anywhere in the world. Man, you guys have thought of everything. So you you can live stream this. You can do and the multi view uh, for people who who haven't seen what that looks like. I'm guessing it's kind of like um, like split screen mode where it it'll go between two or four different um, split screens of different. Uh, points of interest or people within the 360 video, right? Exactly. I mean, you can do things like have a traditional 50-50 split screen, or you can have like a little bubble basically pop up in the middle of your feed where somebody who's like a vlogger or, you know, even like a real estate agent uh, who wants that interpersonal connection with the person on the other end, they can put themselves into a little bubble while not taking away from the rest of the shot. Awesome. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was just thinking about like, how there are so many like real estate companies that are starting to do uh, you know 360 live videos or walkthroughs or open houses, and I, I imagine you, you guys are like the, the real estate agent's best friend now. Oh, well, we're we're definitely trying to be. Um, that that is a, a very great use case for our product and our company. Um, but you know, in addition to that, there's there's so many other channels and, and avenues for 360 to be adopted. Um, you know, just today we were doing a, uh, video, a training video with, um, the LAPD SWAT team and they were using it to recreate, um, a hostage environment in full 360. So there's, there's so many cool things. There's researchers, uh, across the medical field who are starting to use the product to create, uh, simulate emergency room scenarios to train their, um, uh, the new recruits. There's, uh, wedding photographers that are including it in as part of their kits. Now um, there's professionals that are on the live broadcasting side who are starting to create these second screen experiences using 360 footage as part of the, the live broadcast on, you know, TV shows and, and um, other properties in the entertainment space. So, uh, you know, the, the list goes on and on and we're, we're only learning about, you know, these new cases every day. Yeah, I mean, for I can imagine for any any kind of live event or especially wedding, there's always those moments where you go, oh, just right when you were taking that picture, something right behind you happened. But with a 360 camera, you can go back and grab that moment that you would have otherwise missed. Exactly. I think the you just hit it hit the nail on the head there because um, the idea behind our company is to enable a whole new generation of content creators. And people like me who don't have traditional filmmaking backgrounds or who aren't trained photographers uh, are now, they're not going to have to worry about, oh, well, where do I point the camera? When do I push the shoot button? How do I plan my shot? You know, what are the right conditions to shoot in? By putting out a 360 camera, we're, we're taking that, that need for those types of uh, way of thinking about shots like that away. And people for the first time, are going to be able to continue to live in their moment instead of having to worry about how to capture it and then go back later. And all you have to do is once you shoot the 360, then is take that footage and edit out almost a limitless amount of moments from that one clip. When we come back, we're going to do one more segment with Michael Shaboon from Insta360, and he's going to tell us about a new update that just came out for the Insta360 One. Don't go away. This is Pop Tech Radio.
Craftsman is celebrating over 90 years of innovation. Since 1927, they've put hardworking tools into the hands of makers and mechanics. I've had Craftsman tools in my garage for decades, so I know firsthand that Craftsman comprehensive automotive tools and garage storage solutions will help you tackle your next project with confidence, whether you be a shade tree mechanic or a certified pro. So visit your local Ace Hardware or check out Craftsman.com to shop the latest hand tools, power tools, lawn and garden equipment, smart products, storage solutions, and a whole lot more. That's Craftsman.com. Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and this is our last segment with Michael Shaboon from Insta360. And where we left off was we were talking about how there are so many different ways to use an Insta360 product where you can record on the go and edit in post, or you can live stream in 360 or in multi-view, all kinds of different things. Exactly. So um, I, I think, A, great job summarizing. Um, there, there's two types of people that are, that are using the product. So there's obviously people who are just in it for the 360 who are using it to create fully immersive experiences like with VR headsets or, or other, you know, uh, fully immersive um, uh, opportunities. And then there's the people who just want to edit out traditional flat 2D images. And with our new stabilization update that we're really excited about, um, you are now for the first time able to actually pin this camera, the one against traditional cameras, whether it's action cameras, phone cameras. Um, and because you're shooting in 360, you're able to get camera movements that you wouldn't normally be able to get by using a traditional camera. And we're essentially rivaling the market for handheld gimbals. Um, and, and this is super exciting because I think at the end of the day, people who are interested in creating content or capturing content, they want to create the best content, but they don't want to carry around a bunch of gear. And by enabling that with a tiny little camera that does the same thing as like a big clunky handheld gimbal would with a bigger camera, it's going to open the door for people who never thought about capturing content to start considering this. And, um, you're going to see more high-quality content coming out. You're going to see a lot of people who are using it in innovative ways. Uh, so it, it's a pretty exciting time right now. It seems like Insta360 is perfectly situated as a 360 camera company since you can re-edit all of your video really easily for regular video or make 360 content that more and more people can watch as they start adopting Oculus and other types of ways to consume 360 video. Exactly. And the key thing is the ease of use, right? So when it, whether you're taking your footage and putting it into a headset or you're taking the footage and editing out a 2D image, you know, the workflow becomes really important because time is money. People don't have time to waste. You know, sometimes manpower and production, post-production teams are limited. So what is the quickest possible way to get my footage from the camera into the headset? And what is the quickest possible way to share my footage on social media once I film it uh, in 360 as a flat image. Right. And so the, the Insta360 One is the, your, your forefront product, and it, it looks like you guys just had a new update that's called Flow State. Can we talk about that and what changes that adds to a product, especially if you're already somebody who had the One? What, what kind of changes are, are people going to see? Uh, what we've done is there's three big changes. The first is the stabilization, obviously. 
um, with the stabilization, um, not only are your videos looking super smooth, like as if you were using a gimbal, but you, we've enabled as a result of that, you to be able to, to have some other tricks that you use. So for example, um, you can now record easily record your own hyperlapse videos because you don't need to have a level um, eye or use a tripod and continuously move. The fact that you're walking and our software eliminates your, your step um, enables you to basically quickly capture those hyperlapses. Um, the same goes for the software. So the software has been completely revamped. So now uh, when you're editing, you can set pivot points. So within the app, as you're watching the video, you can have the camera automatically do smooth turns for you without the need to use the gyroscope or to use your finger for, for click uh, dragging the video. Uh, so you could immediately have the video or, or the, the content itself do a full 360 by just setting four pivot points. Uh, the other thing you can do is you can easily uh, track objects and have the camera do advanced professional moves. So it's all about how you edit out your content. And by, by basically raising the bar on your output level, people are now getting that 360 is rivaling these advanced post-production tactics and you have it all accessible in the palm of your hand. Awesome. Well, is there anything we didn't cover about uh, Insta360 that, that you want to get out there before we go? Well, there's, there's always exciting things happening at our company and uh, we made some big announcements at, and, uh, at CES this year. Um, later this year, we'll be releasing our um, ultra high-end professional product called the Titan, uh, which will have uh, a series of eight cameras that are micro four third with micro four third sensors. Wow. Uh, and it'll be, um, you know, uh, live stream ready, like our other product, except it'll have an SDI out. Uh, it'll have some really cool other things built in like SSD slots and long range wireless transmission, higher dynamic range. Uh, so really becoming that cinema product of the future. Um, and then we always have some, some exciting consumer products up our sleeves, so just be on the lookout for us. Can't, I can't share too much right now, but uh, I, I can definitely say that the future of 360 is, is looking very bright right now. Absolutely. Well, as soon as you are able to talk about those things and they're not under embargo anymore, I'd be happy to have you on the show again to uh, you know let the world know about that. But in the meantime, if you want to see any of this crazy video that is on there, people with wingsuiting in 360 or running around in hyperlapse, just go to insta360.com. And if you want to find any older episodes of PopTech Radio, you can always go to poptechradio.com. We'll be right back. Maybe you're asking yourself, who is that guy in the mirror? What happened to the guy with the brass knuckle attitude? Maybe he just needs to decide, is that a tie around his neck or a leash? Join the Brotherhood of Muscle with an available 485 horsepower Dodge Charger or Dodge Challenger GT, the world's first all-wheel drive two-door muscle car at the Dodge Drive and Discover event. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.
Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and my guest right now is Tom O'Keefe. He's the president and CEO of the company Fortel, and he's going to tell us about the future of online shopping, the future of tech in retail shopping, and how they're converging. So I went to CES this year, and I got a chance to go to the the startups area, and there's so many different types of technology there uh, that's just being developed. Uh, that that has to do with um, the shopping experience. I interviewed a guy from Sniffy that's going to be this product that that shoots out a little scent at you and it watches how you react to it, and they gain all kinds of data based on your reaction. And I imagine that's just one of many different things that's coming down the pike when it comes to um, either in in store shopping experiences and taking that to the next level, like shopping 2.0. And then there's all this new technology that's also going to enhance our online shopping experience, whether it's being able to go to a physical store in VR and walk around without actually going there, or um, just having all of your stuff delivered to your house and never having to leave. But uh, So Tom, th- there's, a, there's a lot of different shopping technology that's coming down the pike, um, some that is uh, just an idea and some that is already here. So let's talk about some of these new technologies. W- which uh, which direction should we go first, the uh, the in-store experience or the online? Well, or what, What's got you excited? Yeah, I, I, obviously, look, our bias is towards the, at least historically, as an analytics platform, an online analytics platform, is to, to, to look at behavior online and its ultimate impact on purchase journeys and customer loyalty. So, you know, for the purposes of some level of expertise, we probably should spend more of our time thinking about the online components. But I I think what's really exciting and fun is this convergence, finally, after years of discussion around omni-channel and the 360-degree view of the customer, you're finally seeing some legitimate compression around bringing together the customer experience, um, both online and off, and consolidating the relative data sets so that we can evaluate the things that you're doing in the store and the things that you're doing online. Um, I'm glad to hear you went to CES. I've uh, been there myself many times. It's an amazing show, and it certainly is inspiring to see all the new technologies. Sometimes they take a long time to come out, as you may recall, two or three years ago at CES, Beacon Technologies and RFID tagging uh, for asset management, loss prevention, and ultimately as an input into these data analytics services like ours, uh, knowing where a product is in the supply chain and in the store is a critical component of innovation. doesn't seem all that sexy, and most people probably don't think about it that much, but if you want to make a recommendation like we do online, where we track consumer behavior, and then we ultimately try to drive merchandising decisions based on patterns of behavior and, and predictive technology, to do that in store, you actually have to know where the products are as well. And, um, and so there's some really, really clever technology that's coming out. I love the idea of sniffing things in the store, in the store and looking at... Um, sort of physical reaction. Uh, historically, <laughs> people did that through focus groups, video technology, right? But you're seeing some amazing stuff. And in the Amazon Go store, uh, the number of cameras and the technology components that allow you to walk in, become known, validate your credit, go shop, put products in your cart and take them out, put them back on the shelf and put them back in your cart, and then leave the store without actually talking to an associate and being supported by some virtual assistant. All of that is coming but I think we can all probably acknowledge that it's a few years away. Right. And what it is, is it's, um, it's mere existence has got all of the other players trying to up their game. I recently, um, 
read about Walmart trying to roll out a new program where they're going to let you have a smartphone app that lets you scan everything as you put it in your cart and then just hit pay at the end to try to com- compete with Amazon uh, Go. And um, in terms of like online data analytics, I feel like the um, the first time that I ever really saw the Amazon like trying to interact with me, uh, it, it was kind of silly because it was like, they, the only way they really knew how to recommend me something was like right after I just bought it. So it's like, I went to Amazon, I bought something. And then the next day they email me like, Hey, do you want this? I'm like, yeah, I do. Cause I just bought it. But I know that that has, that's come a long way. How are you, um, helping people to get recommendations on stuff in a faster manner to where they can actually get recommends recommendations on stuff they want they might want that they don't know they want before they make that purchase on the wrong thing. Yeah, so you are really it's it's great to hear the end user experience because what you just stated is covers probably 10 areas of technology that <laughs> need to be better deployed, more accurately deployed to solve for what you just experienced, which we find incredibly frustrating I think as both consumers and as technologists. Um, what you just referred to is what's known as an innovation category called triggered emails or ads. So there's a whole litany of customer of um, software companies that provide technology that look at your last action on site, the last thing you viewed before you left the site, and then the thing that you, we put into your cart and ultimately maybe even bought. But the, the various technologies that need to come together to make that work right often break down because, say, Google is looking at a session. Let's say you put something in your cart and then you leave the session the triggered notification ad or email is going to come off of that like you have not yet bought. But then 20 minutes pass, you come back on a separate device, you go to your account and you log in and you then buy it. You now own that thing. The triggered email actually is designed to come at you the next day, but they've already cadenced that interaction. So it's already in the schedule that you're going to get the email that says, hey, wouldn't you want to buy these shoes that you just looked at or put in your cart? And then you've already bought it in an independent session, even though to you as the consumer, you're not session driven. You don't care about sessions and what the technologies do, but that's how Google does attribution tracking for ads, payments, and things like that, affiliate marketers, and so on. And so you've got this breakdown in the data flow that ended up in a really bad customer experience. You got an email for a pair of shoes that you already bought. Right. Not that cool. <laughs> and so lots of things have to be improved in terms of that. We call that a shopper activity feed. So we manifest all of your behavior, your data, we put it into a timeline, and then we see that timeline in, in continuity of the experience and as an input into these various systems that trigger emails or ads. So we would actually know that you did buy it, but in fact you bought it in a secondary session. We could then say to the, the, the ads platform, hey, pull that ad, but here's a recommendation. People who bought that product also tend to add these products to their cart, and based on prior behavior of price preference, brand preference, we think these three products would make a far better ad unit or display unit in an email, and let's trigger that behavior instead. And right. we think that that would be a much more powerful outcome. I mean, take a look at Nordstrom's today. If I go online at Nordstrom's.com and I look at my account order history, all I'm seeing is orders that I processed online which is remarkable, right? Considering Nordstrom's has one of the premier loyalty programs and the fundamental benefit of that piece of technology was to bring together a view of the customer so all my purchases could be manifested together. Yet in the exact same Chrome, the experience online that consumers see, they can go to their rewards platform component and see all of their purchases that went through that platform. But if they go to their purchases, it's only reflective of the single channel that you bought. So anything in the store would not be present for you to manage, see, or buy from again. Terrible. Amazon doesn't suffer this today because they're an online-only 
basically up until the recent purchase of Whole Foods, they have been an online merchant only. So everything is sort of clarified within their data set, which is why 40% of Amazon's revenue is generated off of recommendations. They are amazing at doing recs. Wow. And yet here you are, Jason, saying they stink at it, right? They literally are terrible at it. But I agree, they're sort of terrible, but they're absolutely best in class at using data to merchandise. Yeah, 40% is no joke. No joke. They, most of what people buy, because, and this is interesting, I mean, we could go off on Amazon all day, but Amazon is a buying platform. Right? It is not a shopper's platform. And, so when they, and, and the reason they think of it that is, if you look at the, the display of products, everything is about recent activity and anything that relates to it. I recently bought, I recently uh, looked at, because of those components, you recently bought, you might want to fulfill again, right? I bought some mac and cheese. The cadence of buying is monthly. They're going to want you to buy that again. Candidly, I, it's, it's sometimes surprising that they can't get that right, that their cadence of suggestion isn't about, isn't about subscription management. Everything I buy, lotions, shampoo, right? It's a subscription. Look at Dollar Shave Club. They're mastering the bathroom through basically seeing everything in the bathroom as a subscription. So technology that they're interested in isn't just recommendation technology. People who buy this bathroom product want to buy these. It's also about the cadence of buying, the brand and price preference you buy, which then allows them to project in the future when you're going to buy and what you're going to buy. And they can put that in front of you before you think about it. And that was to your point. How do we get to that? Right? I haven't even thought about replacing my toothpaste. And there it is. And sure enough, I look at my toothpaste and I'm down to my last squeeze. Right. Yeah. To, to be able to tell how fast you go through stuff, because I feel like there's so many um, like Dollar Shave Club or there was like a, a brand of like shave uh, shaving cream and stuff like that that I tried. And it was like a monthly box, but they sent me like a year's supply and they're like, OK, this is going to auto renew next month. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I'm not going to need this again for three months. Right. That, to me, is the most blunt instrument of subscription management, which is we're simply going to trigger something off of time. And you do see that now when you buy something on Amazon, you'll see them make you an offer of a 10% discount if you commit to a next 30-day purchase. They're starting to introduce those concepts to test and learn. I think the, the real truth is, and this is at Amazon's great advantage, is that they, because we buy so often from them, they get to see patterns of subscription that other vendors simply don't see. And, and Nordstrom's, for all their great merchandising and retail skills, if you buy things online and then you buy things in store, even with bound by their loyalty program, they simply are not seeing those data points correctly. And that's in Nordstrom's. God forbid you actually shop with Outlook or Trunk Club or Nordstrom Rack, which are in it completely yet again another independent data set. And we know that while they're aspiring to bring all that um, technology together in what is now referred to customer data management platforms, a whole new category of technology that's emerging as a centralized solution for finding um, a customer's journey cross-channel, I think that analytics platforms like ours are going to actually be far more important to that process than just these data management platforms that have historically sat around. Um, even Salesforce from a CRM perspective is really working hard to figure this out uh, with their recent acquisition of Demandware and sort of the Einstein analytics layer that they're trying to drop across their um, email marketing platforms of Pardot and Exact Target. Uh, what they refer to as their marketing cloud, and now their commerce cloud, which is effectively demandware, and now cloud craze on the B2B side. When we come back, Tom O'Keefe is going to tell us about some augmented reality shopping technology that might be on its way. Have you ever tried to plan a vacation and the hotel costs, airfare, and pet sitter all add up to one big never mind? 
Well, it's time to embrace the adventure and go RVing instead. GoRVing.com is your one-stop shop for all things RV camping. Browse the different types of RVs, find a rental agent or dealer near you, and compare the costs. Explore more than 16,000 RV parks and campgrounds nationwide, and even plan your menus for the trip. Find out what you've been missing at GoRVing.com. That's GoRVing.com. This is Popular Technology Radio. I'm talking with Tom O'Keefe, president and CEO of the company Fortel. Let's get back to our conversation where we were just about to discuss augmented reality shopping technology. Well, what do I know that's coming down the pike versus what's aspirational? The component pieces that are in place to make that happen are close. So Pokemon Go, we all may recall that for your listeners uh, who were, their kids were walking around staring at their phone, aiming it at buildings to look for and identify treasure the absolute first moment when you went mainstream users could benefit from an experience of augmented reality in a way that didn't feel bizarre, right? I don't have to wear Google glasses. I don't have to, I don't have to do, uh, put a big headset on. I simply can hold up my phone and it's using its geo-targeting capabilities to know where you are and what you're looking at. It's using a, a, you know, a, a high fidelity camera to capture things. And then the data systems are, are implementing virtual objects on top of things, right? So that, that's pretty amazing. It's way better than, let's put Google Maps on the side because I don't think you're going to end up with a mapping solution. That was, the, that was the first gen seven years, 10 years ago where people were like, oh, we're going to put clever mapping systems. Meridian Technology here in Oregon did something with that. It got bought by Ariba, uh, which was doing in-house Wi-Fi for big stores. Has all kinds of problems and challenges that um, make that really difficult. But augmented reality now produces this opportunity to do what I think you're imagining, which is you would actually just simply hold up your phone. We would say the products you're looking for and all related suggestive products based on the data analytics of companies like Fortel, we would be able to just simply hold up our phone and then see where those products are in the store. So the RFID tag on every asset. And when I say asset for your listeners, that means everything that you would buy, every little thing that you could buy has to have a digital tag to it, which, by the way, the price of that had to come way down, right? If you're selling a nut or a screw at Home Depot for a nickel, you can't have the tag cost a dime. Right. It doesn't make any sense, right? So, so you're going to see first and foremost, big products get this um, in the supply chain. Everybody has to get unified on the one version of RFID tag. I mean, there's a million things that had to happen to get even close to this. And that's why you're seeing brands like Lululemon bringing RFID tags up in their supply chain earlier than, say, retailers like Lowe's who have to get their entire supply chain to tag their assets with the same technology so that they could even manifest this end game experience that we're imagining right now, which is I hold up my phone and I can find what I want. And then any related item, basically, again, I get the full on benefit of a virtual assistant. And whether you put some form of narration to that, like Siri or Google or Alexa, and it talks to you, I think that's a little less interesting candidly, because I don't, I don't know if I really want this thing talking to me, maybe it's in my ear, uh, but I am going to hold up and see where the product is on the shelf. That would be an amazing first step that would just transform my experience at Home Depot. When we come back, Tom is going to tell us about one big problem that every retailer is trying to solve for themselves at the same time as bringing new futuristic technology for the shoppers. 
Alan Taylor here, and I wanted to share the news with you about the new Haynes Manuals Online. They're the worldwide leader in vehicle repair information, and they now offer online manuals that are formatted to fit all electronic devices. With Haynes Manuals Online, you get all the trusted content of the Haynes Printed Manual, but with so many added features that help you get the job done right. I ordered one for my car and accessed it right through my tablet. There are now over 180 Haynes Manuals Online available covering cars, trucks, and motorcycles. You can order yours today at Haynes.com. Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and this is our last segment with Tom O'Keefe, president and CEO of Fortel. Where we left off was Tom was just about to tell me about one big problem that most people don't know about that every retailer is also trying to solve at the same time as bringing us this new futuristic technology. Particularly in retailers where internal theft is their biggest problem when you look at their margin contribution and profitability, their own employees stealing from them is a huge huge issue. I ran a compliance company for a long time. And our biggest customers were the loss prevention and asset prevention teams um, within these retail stores. They have massive energy around securing and guarding inventory um, and and in their supply chain, managing that. In food, in home, uh, for Fred Meyer, Kroger's, people like that, it's really about um, what they call shrink. It's a common industry term for our inventory is shrinking, but we're not making money on that. What happened? That can be things went bad. Produce just simply went bad. They have a different strategy for handling that with their suppliers. Milk went bad. But largely, it's because their employees are stealing. And, <laughs> and it's, not that it's not that people are walking in to the building and stealing, because they've got that figured out with like security cameras, and they've already put chips on all the major expensive stuff. So you know, you've seen it. Someone walks through the security at the door, and it, alarms go off, and somebody comes running over. It, it, that is one shrink issue, but, but really it is employees in the warehouse and the back office stealing every day, all day, thinking they're justified given their low wages, and that they are doing tons of work to prevent that loss and shrink in their balance sheet. And asset management and RFID tagging really is fundamentally about that. And the benefit to the consumer will be once they solve that, they know where the assets are, they can then guide you to it through some virtual or augmented reality experience. So I think you have to think a little bit more about the business itself, the yeah. low margin impact. For, for people who want to hear more uh, about what your company specifically does, they, they're not going to, as the average buyer, th- they're probably already interfacing with the technology that you make. Um, do you want to just give people a quick blurb on what your company does if they... Uh, themselves or someone they know is in the retail space and could be assisted by your product. Well, thanks, Jason. I appreciate that. Yeah, Fortel really is a leader in what we what we would call smart technology that enables businesses to enhance their revenue streams through more impactful and collaborative buyer experiences. So I, I think fundamentally, many of your um, customers have probably experienced Fortel um, often seen as on a product page. If you're looking at a men's sweater at Nordstrom's, you might see a recommendation object that says people who bought that sweater bought this sweater or people who looked at this looked at that. I think that's the, the very basic elements of um, what are called product recommendations that you see. Amazon has them as well. Uh, a cautionary tale to your listeners on product recommendations in general. You will see sponsored recommendations that I find a little bit um, disheartening in that um, Amazon have, uh, has basically sold the data to a retail partner of theirs to say, you can sponsor effectively an ad unit that looks like a recommendation 
um, when someone's looking at a competitive product. And so they're pretty good. Walmart, all the marketplaces target Amazon at suggesting those types of ad units are independent from traditional data-driven recs, which are, for me, a pure play about merchandising. I want you to find the best products based on the data that we know about you and your preferences. To me, that's a service offering. And paid ad units, paid recommendations are, should live more like Google as, as truly paid. But look for those tags. So we, we, we traditionally have done product recommendations um, as, an, as the first wave of merchandising that's data-driven. Um, but I, you know, I think that we, we see things, the entire site ultimately is the first opportunity. So when you start to see um, site search on an e-commerce site, that could be powered by our, our technology. Um, um, category landing pages prioritized by your interest. So when you look at black dresses, um, the order of display is no longer top sellers or A to Z by name it's, uh, or priced high to low. Those are all our view options. But I think what we really want is it to be recommendations and personalization to drive that display order because you know, largely people look at the first four or five products and then, and then move on. So it's really important to get that right. right. I think you'll start to see when, when you start to see things like uh, data showing up in the store, uh, you'll, see, you'll again experience our technology probably through a store associate holding up an iPad that says, hey, do you mind if I look up your history with our brand so I can get a sense for your preferences? And uh, it'll be a permission-based conversation, and then they'll bring it up. That won't be at the point of sale, which is traditionally where checkout occurs, and we look up your account for attribution and loyalty. Um, it'll be actually in the shopping component, uh, or it'll manifest on the mobile device. So I think you'll, I think our your readers and your listeners will have already experienced our technology in many sort of baseline fundamental ways. But I think in the in the coming years, there's going to be some exciting innovation that we continue to deliver that that lands at the consumer or at the agent um, more consistently than it does today. Tom O'Keefe, thank you so much for joining me, president and CEO of Fortel. If you want to see more about their products, you can go to get number four, getfortel.com. This is Pop Tech Radio, and we'll be right back. Where does the love for a car come from? If the car is a Subaru Legacy, the answer would be the symmetrical all-wheel drive. Power goes to all four wheels all the time for optimum grip. The Subaru Boxer engine's lower center of gravity makes the Subaru Legacy more responsive around corners and gets better fuel economy than front-wheel drive competitors. What you have then is a mid-size sedan with grip, handling, and enviable fuel economy. It's no wonder it turns people into people who love cars. Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru.